Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Ferry County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and we're concluding the final week here of our preseason high school football preview. Uh, my guest today is the head football coach at Oakdale High School, Mr. Kurt Stein. And, Kurt, always a pleasure to have you and certainly looking forward to chatting football and also looking forward to the Bears this coming season. Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve. I'm always appreciative of all you guys do for Frederick County football. And if I'm wrong with you, that means it's time to get going. So <laughs> yes, it, indeed it is. And it comes around so quickly as we were just chatting. Uh, this is year 20 for you as far as coaching. Um, and also year 14, uh, Oakdale, a very special place, I'm sure, uh, for you to be have been the only head coach Oakdale has had. I'm at certainly um, a very uh, special place for you in your heart. Yeah, I mean, like like we were saying before, it, it's really hard to believe it's been 14 years. You know, this will be our 13th varsity team since, you know, we only opened with ninth and 10th graders in 2010. So uh, right. we're very excited. You know, it's um, we think we think the 13th varsity team could be a special one. So we're very excited to get going and, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm, I might be here for another 13 or 14 years. Who knows? Well, let's let's hope so. Looking back last year, Gert, the, uh, you know, you have a tough schedule. Uh, number one, number two, the old saying: you got to beat the be-, be the you got to beat the best to to be the best, and you certainly proved that until unfortunately uh, the final game. But getting to that point, you have to go through a a uh, quite a schedule of of Frederick County teams, and you did that, and then came uh, back to beat a very fine Frederick team in the in the playoffs that kind of catapult you there to that state championship game, unfortunately, losing to Damascus. Uh, but, again, an outstanding year. What what did you pull from last year to bring into this coming season? Well, I mean, not maybe not just last year, but overall, we know playing in Frederick County prepares you for the playoffs because top to bottom, we are the best county in MPSSA. It's really not even close. Every other county has a team or two maybe three in a bigger county like Montgomery County that are really good, but then the rest of the teams usually are very bad. Where in Frederick County, we have a weekend and week out where we actually play a team that could beat us every single weekend. So not only do we have to go through the gauntlet of Frederick County this year, but we also have to play the defending 2A state champion Milford Mill in week one, and we got to play Allegheny at Cumberland as well. So we will be battle-tested as we were last year. But, uh, you know, it, it, iron sharpens iron, as they say. Yep. So we will be ready for the playoffs like we usually are, and we're hoping to make another run again at, at it again. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you will. What? Talk a little bit about this year's squad as far as uh, any expectations and uh, things, you're, any goals that you're looking to, to accomplish. Well, we're in a little unique situation. We really bring back the overwhelming majority of our starters from last year's state finalist team. So... I say we started ahead of the game a little bit. We have uh, three guys that are already committed to FBS schools, which would be a record for us in any one class. So, um, you know, I th- we really were ahead of the game. They also had a tweak in the rules this summer where we were allowed to do a little practicing uh, under the NPSSA guidelines. So we have all these guys with all of this experience, and then we got to do a little practicing this summer. 
you know, we really hit the ground running in camp. So things look good. We look good in our first scrimmage. We got another scrimmage against Westminster this week, and then the following week we're going to go down and play Milford or Milford Mill in Baltimore. So we're going to be ready to go, but I feel we're a little ahead of the game than we normally are at this stage, just due to those factors that I mentioned. It certainly seems like the the state is starting to to come around more and more as far as as they see that the the games evolve and how the, how the competition is there and it's the necessity basically to kind of give everybody that opportunity. Well, you know the talent level in Maryland is very high. You can you, you can see that from the national recruiting that happens around here. So. They're just trying to get up the pace with some of the other really good football states with some of the things they can do in the offseason. You know, I don't know if we'll ever have full spring ball like they do in Florida and Texas and those places, but well, these changes have helped, and, you know, we're really coming along and allowing our kids to, you know, enhance their skills. So I think it's a good thing. Indeed. Um, interesting. You started your coaching career at uh, Catoctin under Doug Williams. And I was yes, I was asked to ask you from uh, a gentleman who had the pleasure of being up there at the same time, Mr. Paul Dumars, uh, what the interview was like uh, with Doug Williams. Apparently, there's a story to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, if, if you know Doug, which I know you do, yes. you know he would do all these odd jobs in the summer, so he had this big old work van, didn't have any air conditioning or anything like that. <laughs> I had interviewed for a teaching job. Uh, I did like a screening interview in Frederick County. You know, at the time I was from Wheeling, West Virginia. So every time I had someone to drive, you know, four hours over here. So he got, he got me hold of me on the phone one day because I was going to take that teaching job at Catoctin and asked if I'd be an interview. So I drove over here in the middle of July. It was like 102 degrees <laughs> and Doug, and Doug had me sit out in his van with no air conditioning for an hour and a half while we talked and interviewed. And uh, towards the end of it, the athletic director, Tom Sherrill, came out started hooting and hollering saying, Doug, the school building's right here. we got air conditioning inside. You made the sports kids sit out here for the last hour and a half. So, uh, you know, I did an hour and a half interview with Doug, and he never asked me one question about football. So, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. He just wanted to make sure – that I was a good person and that I was someone that would care about the kids and look out for the kids. And I, we talked about just about everything under the sun, but we never talked about football that afternoon. But uh, I was blessed and so fortunate to spend six years at Catoctin with, with Paul and with Doug and Mike Franklin and Jimmy Eckerode and Guy Nesbitt and all these guys. Like, I really – it was the perfect spot for me to learn what was important in coaching and give me a chance to prepare to be a head coach one day. Like, it was really the best situation I could have ever been in. Yes, indeed. I couldn't agree with more. Having a mentor like uh, Doug certainly can prepare any young coach uh, on what to do in the coaching ranks. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 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 Making sure everything was always about the kids. You know? Right, exactly. Along with that, Kurt, what advice would you give uh, a young head coach? We're seeing those take place now where uh, a, a young man in, in his early 20s takes over a program. Uh, and, you know, what, what advice would you give those coaches as to what are a couple key things you need to make sure you have in place or get into place? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is, and I had to learn this myself, is that you can't do it by yourself. 
you know, for me, that starts at home with my wife. She's so supportive. And she, as uh, Coach Krivos used to call her, she's the first lady of Oakdale football, and she really is. She takes care of so many things behind the scenes, not to mention having to take care of our family and our kids all fall when I'm working 16 hours a day. And, you know, she's a principal, so she's pretty busy herself. Wow. Somehow she finds a way to do it. And then after from the home, it really goes to work where you hire all of these assistant coaches and then you have to empower them to do their job. You know, you really can't micromanage everything. And I think when I first got the head coaching job and we were starting from scratch, I wanted to try to do it all, everything at home, everything at school, offense, defense, special teams. I, I wanted to have my fingers in everything. And I think, you know, it's too much, you know, there's mm-hmm. just too much to do. So you got to trust the people around you. You got to hire the right people and you, you got to count on those people to give you the support. And I'm, I'm so blessed not only at home, but with my amazing coaching staff that I have with me that I've got, I'm surrounded by the right people right now and we're able to be successful because of it. Indeed you have, uh, Kurt. Let's take a look, go back to 2004 and coach Stein and come forward to 2023, uh, coach Stein. What did, what have we seen? What have you seen in yourself in those 20 years? Any changes, any, any, what have you learned about yourself? Well, there's been a lot of changes, that's for sure, you know, and like I said, a lot of it, what we just talked about, learning that I need the help of those people around me. But like, you know, understanding that, yes, winning is important and we're going to try to win, but we have to put so many things about these kids in front of that. And You know, that's really what Doug kind of taught me those first few years. When I first came out of the gates, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old when I first took that coaching job at Catoctin. And, you know, it's all about let's win championships and all of that kind of stuff. And we're going to do that. And we're going to try to do that. But he taught me how to do that the right way without sacrificing your morals and who you are and, and sacrificing anything for the kids, you know. And I just the way I coach it a little bit has probably changed over the years. You know, I was coached very hard as a youth. And um, I still coach pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I might tone it down a little bit than I have from, from 10 or 12 years ago. You know what I mean? It's just we, we live in a little bit different of a world. And I've really learned, I feel – and I learned a lot of this, like I said, from Doug and those guys, but these last 14 years of Catoctin, trying to figure out a way to, I mean, last 14 years at Oakdale, I mean, is figuring out a way to straddle that line to really be there for the kids and a mentor for the kids and a confidant for the kids while still having that hard-nosed coaching mm-hmm. figure, but also being someone they can come to when they need something. And I think, you know, I think over the 20 years that I've been doing this, I figured out where the sweet spot is on that and how to deal with these young men a little bit better. Relationships are are, are a big key for coaches, are they not? Yeah, Doug had it hanging on the door of the coach's (laughs) office. Big words that said relationships on it every single day. So, yeah, I I started to get that lesson from the beginning. And it couldn't have come better. So, looking at... The the program that you've been able to build, Kurt, uh, at Oakdale, uh, you've got the right people to be with you, your staff, those in the community and at the school. What have you found to be some um, pieces that are necessary to have a consistent and competitive program? 
Well, the biggest thing that we have going for us, and this is, is a Frederick County thing, and there's a lot that goes into what we do at OTO, is, is the youth program. Mm-hmm. Having a true feeder program, which they don't have in all parts of the state. In a lot of other parts of the state, you know, communities or kids who will go to multiple different high schools all play together. But here in Frederick County, the kids that are going to go to Oakdale High School play youth football for Oakdale together. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And I have a 10-year-old son and a 6-year-old son who both play. And so I am up at youth practice every <laughs> night. I, I help coach the 10-year-old team. When the high school practice gets done, I go up there. And we have 350 kids playing youth football for Oakdale. Wow. 350 kids. My so, word. like, that is the lifeline of our, of our team. Right. And, you know, uh, our, our inside linebackers coach is a guy named Todd Hilton, and he was the Liga North commissioner when Oakdale got built. And he helped me and helped Luya carve out the O in Luya so Oakdale could get their own branch and their own pillar. And that's the My. single most fundamental, important thing that happened to the success of our program is getting our own youth program and these kids growing up as Oakdale Bears and wanting to be Oakdale Bears and, you know, we get 40 or 50 freshmen in trial for football every single year. And, and that's what keeps us our livelihood going. Without question, I think you have every uh, head coach knows that that is definitely the, the lifeline is that and it is that feeder program. And it's very coveted, I know, from the, the other the coaches around the state or any state for that matter. Um, looking at. The future, Coach, is there any, anything, what your plans to stay there, uh, move on um, as far as being at Oakdale? Uh, I, don't, I, I can't see a scenario where I would ever take another job. When, I, when I'm not the head coach at Oakdale High School anymore, it's because I'll be retiring and I'm not going to coach anymore. But as I just said, I got a 10 and a 6-year-old right. who, who both play football and are going to play football for Oakdale High School one day. So I'm not going anywhere. If you, I hope you like me at Oakdale because you're going to have to deal with me for a long time. I, I, I plan on being here. I like it so much, heck, I might even stick around after that too. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what else I would do, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, there, you never say never in life. You never know what could happen. But it'd be hard for me to see a scenario where I was coaching and it wasn't for the Oakdale Bears. Well, I, I, it's, it's very evident from where I sit. Uh, Kurt, that you have found your niche and there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing uh, and doing it very well, by the way. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. And looking at the, at the playoff scenario, are is the state going in the right direction? Or are we getting closer to some of the other uh, ways that other states have their state championships? Um, are there some things that maybe I need to tweak? I've heard a coach mention something about trying to um, work in some kind of point system for strength of schedule. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I don't know if it's right or not, but as someone who sits as the District 1 chair on the football oh. committee board, I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now, the people that make the decisions, this is the way they want it. So this is yes. how it's going to be. So okay. my philosophy in life has always been, uh, you know, don't worry about things you can't control, but dive right. in head first to those you can. So the playoffs are going to be like this. They're not going to change. This is the way they want it. They want everybody to make it. They want the two extra tournaments. You know, this is what they want. So, hey, this is what we have. So we're going to do everything we can to embrace it. 
you know, we're in the 3A West, which is still extremely competitive yes. uh, region. You know, uh, we're going to hope to host a home playoff game or two every year. And we're just going to try to get to week 10 and win five games and win the whole thing. And that's what we're going to try to do every single year. So, um, you know, there's there's pluses and minuses, and we can sit here and bat all that stuff around <laughs> for hours, yeah. but it's not going to change anything, right? So, so this is the way it is. So we're we're this is how we're going to we're going to accept it and do the best we can. I was glad to see the uh, getting two more classifications where now the schools are cl- the, your plan are closer as far as population is concerned, and the reseed seems to uh, be working as well. Yeah, I think the reseed is the best thing that they added. You know, it yeah. really made it so teams, more than one team from the same region could advance, you know, and that used to not be the case. We played Damascus and Walkersville and those guys, Liga Nord, the first and second round so many times over the years. Yep. And this does, it, it still happens sometimes. You know, we had to play Frederick in the second round last year. But, you know, us and um, Westminster from our region both advanced where in years past that wouldn't have happened. So I do think the reseed's a great thing. It's also neat because you get to see some matchups around the state that you might not see, you know, a round or two earlier. So I, I like the reseed a lot. I do like that. I agree with you there because it, you, be it as it may, we've already talked about the fact that the caliber of football up here in Frederick County, and at least we're able to spread – it out where we may eventually play another Federal County team, but it's further down in the process. Like instead of like you say in that first or second round, it it, it that reseed helps spread it out. Yeah, I mean the way it's set up in theory, two Federal County teams could play in the championship now. Yeah, which would have never been possible before. And, indeed, and that would be a great thing as well to to be able to to see that take place. And we certainly hope someday that will happen. Talk briefly, you mentioned... I think we'd sell a few tickets. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think we could, Kurt. That's for sure. But absolutely. Talk about briefly here, real quick, with the, the three kids that signed and, and where they're going. So um, we have our, our edge defender, defensive end, Dominic Nichols. He's going to Michigan. He's uh, verbally committed. You know, They'll all sign in uh, that second week of December there when National Signing Day is. And um, at least for the moment, I think most of them are, are planning on enrolling early. So Dominic Nichols, defensive end, he's going to Michigan. We've got Evan Austin, who is our quarterback, uh, is being recruited as an athlete. He's going to Charlotte. And our wide receiver, um, Hunter Thompson, is going to Ohio. So uh, those are three FBS guys right there. And uh, like I said, that would be a record for us in one class to have three FBS guys. And so it's a really good place to start in the season when you know you've got, you know, a quarterback, a receiver, and a defensive player all as kind of the top players in the state. So it's really a good place for us to start and lean on, and we kind of start with them, and then we build it out from there. we got some good young guys around them, and they got some other really good seniors in their class who might play, you know, Division two and Division three football. So we're really happy with the roster and the talent of the kids that we have. I think they're hungry. I do think last year – Losing in the championship game as hard as that was, there is some motivation to that to come yep. back this year and try to right the wrongs, if you will. So I think we have that working for our favor as well. And like I said, we'll find out early because we play one of the best teams in the state of Maryland in the first week of the season. So we'll we'll see where we're at 
pretty soon here. And at, uh, exactly. And then as a coach, that's exactly what you want. Real quick here, as we start to wind down, as time goes by so fast, Kurt, uh, certainly uh, a young man, uh, uh, Colin Schley, uh, being out there at UCLA, how are things going for him? Real well. He's doing well. He unfortunately had a little bit of a leg injury to start camp. And so he was limited. He was practicing, but they weren't letting him go full. And he wasn't allowed to do a few things. But he's up and running now. Sounds like he's doing really well. Um, obviously, you know, these are in a quarterback battle out there with some of the other guys. So we're fingers crossed that he gets his name called. But we know when and whenever that is, that he's going to be ready to go. Um, he's the ultimate competitor. He always has been. So and my that- guess is if he gets a chance to get on that field, he'll do special things because he's been doing that kind of stuff since he was 12 years old. Indeed, we we were fortunate enough to watch him here do those special things, that not only in football, but I saw it in basketball as well. So uh, we certainly wish the best to to Colin and hope that things work out for him. Coach, unfortunately, we're running out of time. Uh, it's a shame we only get this amount of time to talk football. I know we could go longer, but certainly Oakdale uh, is very fortunate, as is Frederick County, to have you on board as a the head football coach, the kids out there at Oakdale, the community of Oakdale, certainly, uh, as well. And I want to wish you the very best, not only this year, but the many years to come in the career you have out there. Appreciate it, Steve. We really look forward to having you and Paul out to a couple games this, uh, this fall. We're, we always appreciate when you guys are in the house to broadcast the Bears and, and pump up Frederick County sports. So I look forward to seeing you here soon. Indeed. Thank you very much again, uh, Kurt. You've been listening to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and we'll see you next week.